a FAM production for all things mattress. FAM.news. After being fired a day after, no, a day before Thanksgiving. By the way, who does that? Ron Gonzalez opened his first store in 1992. That's evolved into a five-store chain on the central coast of California. How did he do it? With his fam, of course. Welcome to the Dos Marco Show with Mark Kinsley and Mark Quinn, where mattress and furniture leaders gather to grow, get the inside scoop, tell stories, and take tequila shots. Uno, dos, tequila! Welcome aboard. Here's your passport to a planet filled with the mattress industry's brightest minds and biggest ideas. Meet your guides. I'm Mark Kinsley, president and CEO of Englander. And I'm Mark Quinn, co-founder of Spink & Co. and VP of Sherwood Betty. Together, they are Dos Marcos. The galaxy's greatest mattress podcast has liftoff in three, two, one. And away we go, Kinsley. Good to see your face. It's even better to see the handsome Gonzalez family on our screen. What's happening, Gonzalez family? Welcome to the show. Thank you. Well, thank, thank you for you having me. us. We're going to get to y'all. We just, are going to oh, go ahead, buddy. I feel like we're going to tell the story. Like the story is going to unfold here on the Dos Marcos show. Uh, but give us give us the ten cent version of who you are, and then we're going to leave that hanging out there because we're going to dig deeper here in just a moment. But tell us about yourselves. Well, my name is uh, Ron Gonzalez, and I'm the founder of Christian's Mattress Express. Um, actually got into the, the business back in a uh, oh, long time ago. I think it was 1991, somewhere right in there, and uh, been doing it ever since. And uh, uh, now we have our two boys with us, and um, we're having a good time. I love it. And that's Christian and Jordan. So Christian, raise your hand, say hello. So everyone knows who you are. Good, hello, Jordan. Everyone. Hey, how's it going? Good. They are fired up, you can tell. Uh, it's early on the West Coast today. <laughs> but Kinsley, we're going to get to these guys. I can't wait. They have a really cool story. Uh, they do business with Sherwood, and I've known them for some time. And I've had a good opportunity to have dinners with these guys. And after the last one in Vegas, I'm like, you guys got to come on the show. You have such... Great stuff to talk about. So to you guys in just a second, Kinsley, have you played much golf this summer at all? I have not played much golf. I watched the British Open, a little bit of that, and it motivated me to elevate my feet, and that was about it. So we, we need to go on our annual golf trip together, so we need to at least go play around. But um, I got to do it at the APT uh, charity golf tournament, um, this week in, uh, Chicago. And of course I lived in Chicago for nine years, but, um, I, I, I had not been to their store, I have to admit, but it's like a pilgrimage. It's like going to like a Nebraska furniture, Monterey Jordans. Like these guys are massive and they put on this golf tournament, um, for, uh, autistic kids. And it was a first class event. And I got to, do a interview with the person who actually organized the whole thing, um, Alexis, and she was fantastic. So I wrote about that story. It's all going to be featured on the fam.news here probably uh, in the next few days. So check it out. But my hat is off to apt. You guys are awesome. Put on a great event. And of course, for a very, very worthy cause. So, Well, and speaking of uh, autism fundraising, uh, Doug Krinsky and Anti for Autism is coming up in Vegas. So it's going to be happening that Saturday uh, that Vegas starts, which is the 21st. So if you have participated in the poker tournament in the past, another great time to get involved. Englander's a sponsor of that and many other great sponsors, including Leggett and Platt. And other people from around the industry have just rallied around this. Uh, I remember I played in the tournament a couple of years back. There was Jose Canseco. Yes, I was curious. Did he have his finger? His finger was there. There was some sort of brace across it, and he kept hiding it the whole time because I don't know if you know the story, but you know, Canseco allegedly shot off his finger with a gun. And I just wanted to get up close and personal and see if it was real, if it was really happening. And Canseco, you know, the action would come to him, and he, he had like hand in the armpit moments over and over again. I'm like, I can't see Canseco's hand. Like, what's going on here? But finally, I saw it, and he had this brace that, that went across his middle finger and the ring finger, which he apparently blasted off, but it looked real. So if it was a fakie, they did a great job for Kinseki. Well, you, That's all I got to say. <laughs> that is so bad. 
So you got to sit next to, to Jose Canseco. I sat next to the guy at the beginning of the tournament. And they go, yeah, this is a celebrity poker tournament. And I'm like, oh, well, cool. I was looking around to see if I knew anyone. And you're like, thank you. I'm here. Mark Quinn. My name's Mark Quinn. I'm the celebrity. No, I, I didn't stand. I thought when you stood up, I would just stay seated because I thought I didn't want to steal the moment for you. But so anyway, so the guy next to me stands up. And so to wave everyone as he was being acknowledged and he sits back down, I'm like, oh, like you're a celebrity. Like, like, tell me, like, what have you done? And he said, have you ever seen Kindergarten Cop? I said, yeah, Arnold Schwarzenegger movie. Yes, I have. And he said, I'm the little kid that says boys have penises, girls have vaginas. (laughs) That is your claim to fame. That is hilarious because I'm like, does that work in a bar? He's like, oh, yeah. So anyway, <laughs> does not work in a bar? His, his big moment was that moment. But anyway, we have so many more important things to talk about, including Kinsley. We I got, don't know. Hold on. I, can I disagree with you lovingly? I'm sure. not so sure it's going to, we, we have that much more important to talk about than the kid who said boys have penises and girls have vaginas. No, That's pretty important it's, stuff. It's important. And I think the audience needs to, to know and appreciate that that kid is, is alive and he's doing well and he plays poker. He's doing great. So anyway. He's doing really great. Um, you know who else is doing great? Nationwide Marketing Group because we're about to converge there in Vegas. No, sorry, in Nashville. <laughs> it's Nashville and then it's Vegas. We're going to be in Nashville for Nationwide Primetime coming up August 15th through the 18th. We are going to be speaking... Quinn, you want to give him a little teaser, a little flavor about what we're talking about? Yeah, you know, we've, you know, Kinsley, it's, you, you can make decisions on base, based on what you think, or you can make decisions based on what you know. And so that's why we love door cancer. You're going to talk about that in a minute. But, you know, we've done some serious consumer research with about 10,000 people in the United States. So statistically very relevant to the opinion of people in this country. And we're going after some really important things. So for instance, how many people that buy a bed without ever having tried it, would buy another bed without ever having tried it. Like we can all sit here and talk about, oh, well, that's probably 50% or 70%. Fact is, we don't know. And we're going to find out. We're going to talk about guys like the Gonzalez family at Christians. Um, You know, why do people shop local, right? We think we know, but why do they really do that? And what is the opportunity in that to grow and get better. So we're going to ask some really important questions to consumers. And we're doing a big reveal, Kinsley, on our speech on the 16th at 3 p.m. at Mattress University. So don't miss it. You got to come. You got to hear what the consumers are saying because it's relevant to you. Also, pay attention to us on LinkedIn because we're going to be posting some of those questions, early previews of that. And then we'll have everyone kind of answer it. So we're going to measure what you think the answers are compared to what the consumers said in that session. So it's going to be pretty fun. Anyway, that's August 16th, nationwideprimetime.org. Go check it out. And by the way, you got to register because they're selling out. It's going to be a huge one. And last time we did the show, I went down a very strange winding path where I was talking about door counts as a pearl snap shirt. That led to Greg Law this is a weird connection. Greg Law having a podium tattoo across his chest during the webinar we did with Podium. Um, and so I don't think I'm going to do that again because it caused some very strange behavior from people. Actually, but now that I look back on it, that, that should be normal behavior. Podium tattoos should be normal across people's chests. Don't you think, Quinn? I do. I, or something <laughs> tattooed on your chest. I'm a big fan. Mine says... Are, stain- you, showing some, are you showing some skin <laughs> well, again? You know, you were talking about a podium. Are you talking about a tattoo on someone's chest? I just happen to have one. Mine says, thank God. Or you could do podium. Either one. Either one. Oh, by the way, speaking of podium, text us at 843-MARCOS2. So 843-MARCOS2. And say, I want the research. Okay. If you do that, all that research that Quinn talked about that we're doing that's going to release August 16th, we're going to send it to you, but you got to get on the list Um, and get on the list with door counts. I mean, it's easy as one, two, three, completely redesigned user interface with door counts. Gathering data has never been easier. One click, you see your salespeople connect with customers as they walk through the door. Click number two, the outcome, sale, no sale, or a potential sale. And click number three, you get to see your key performance metrics minute by minute right there from your device, from any device, from any place. So you know exactly what's happening in your stores. You know that your people are taking care of customers when they walk through and maximizing every opportunity. All that money you spent to get people in the door, all that foot traffic driving you did, bada bing, easy peasy. 
And Quinn has filled the frame, uh, if you're watching on video, with <laughs> some, some swag from colonialpromotions.com. Our friends at Colonial, this is the coolest thing. Watch this. You got to listen to it too. I'd press the Zenergy button on the iHome. Okay, so now it's going to light up. Woo. But this is the iHome Bluetooth white noise sleep machine, but it does so much more. Creates a calming environment for sleep or an energizing atmosphere for waking with the Zenergy Dream Mini. Of course, this one's fam branded. You can put your branding on here and hand these out. You can sell them. You can make it part of a swag program. 16 soothing, naturally recorded environmental and white noise sounds designed to help your mind and body relax. I really like this thing. And Dr. Bruce had some literature on the inside. Is it loud enough? No, we can't hear anything. There we go. See, now I want to take a nap. Fall asleep. <laughs> so there is a setting on there where you can get Mark Kinsley's voice as re he reads his master's dissertation live. It will put you straight to sleep. So you got to check that out. Um, Star Master Kinsley. So, you know, I see these all the time. This is another one from Colonial. And this thing's awesome. This is the box that comes in. Kinsley's showing you the real thing. There's the fam right there. And you can create your own little universe right in your bedroom, and it will lull you to sleep. You can look at the Milky Way. You can do whatever. Pretty cool. It's huh? romantic. It's enjoyable. And, hey, it's good for troubled sleepers, workaholics, kids, adults. You can customize it. Put your, put your brand on there. So, hey, check out colonialpromotions.com. we got a custom page up there with all this stuff that's brought to you by Colonial. You know, these guys have been involved in the mattress industry for years, but they have a huge swag and promotional products business. And it's great to, you, you don't have to wade through a bunch of junk and find, you know, which out of the 36,000 coffee mugs online should I buy? They've already done it for you. And they're, they're money in the bank. So hit up Wes and Tim and the crew at uh, colonialpromotions.com. And guys, thanks for being here today. I mean, the crew, uh, look, Quinn, you brought this interview together. So why don't you take the baton set the stage and let's dig into to the story here. Yeah. So Ron, welcome guys. Um, so glad that you're here. And, you know, we, we had this discussion at dinner and I'm like, you guys got to come on the show. So I'm glad that you agreed to do that. And we're just going to talk about you and what you're doing and what you've done to make it where you are. So Ron, how's it going? How's business? Business has been very good, Mark. Uh, we've been very, very blessed, hit some big records uh, the last couple months, and we're on track to having a big month again. So we're really excited. Okay. So you guys have five stores on the Central Coast, right? Correct. And what, what I love about your origin story is, you know, we teased it out at the beginning of the show. Back in 1992, you were doing some stuff, and it was a, a furniture business that you started uh, and that's when you actually started your first show. But who would fire a guy the day before Thanksgiving? We got to find that out first. Well, actually, it um, turned out to be he's actually one of my uh, uh, mentors. He's been one of my biggest. Um, I, I would consider him one of my best friends uh, today. But uh, back in the day, um, uh, my first job, let, let me kind of back up a little bit because I want to tell you a little bit about the first job that um I got in the furniture business. Prior to that, I was selling automobiles. And um, I, I went to Fresno State. Um, I was going to be a viticulture major, which my dad was a big farmer and so forth. And so naturally, I thought, well, I'll go into farming like my dad. So after about two and a half years at Fresno State, um, I finished and um, just moved on and uh, decided that farming wasn't for me. So I got into the car business. And then wow. from there- from farming to cars. Yeah. <laughs> I was waiting for your reaction, Mark, because it was, okay, so- <laughs> I know, I'm, I'm processing I, that, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> a lot there. But um, in reality, let me, let me back up. I'm going to be very upfront with you. I'm going to be honest with you because- I didn't finish in two and a half years. I walked into Fresno State and I said, I'm finished. I didn't graduate. So I, I moved well, on you know, to- You know the, what's funny? When you, 
Go ahead. When you when you said two and a half years, I'm like, wow, maybe it's just a two year program. So it did. I did catch that, but I'm like, maybe farming just takes less. I mean, farming's hard, but maybe they just had an abbreviated version of it or something. So you just quit it. That's what you said. Okay. I, I just said I finished. I thought I finished. But nonetheless, regardless, I, I, I got out of that and I kind of bottled around for a while and so forth. And then I decided uh, an uncle of mine was was selling cars. And he says, hey, why don't you come over here and apply for a position? So I got into the car business. And this was in the early 80s. And I was selling Porsches and Audis. And that was back in the days, that was early 80s, about 1983, 84. And that's when um, uh, the new 944 Porsche came out, the new Audi 5000S. It was very sleek looking. It was Motor Trends car of the year. So here I am, 21, 22 years old, and I'm selling these cars and I am making money hand over fist. It is just ridiculous. Um, but along with that came, um, some other challenges. I'll just call them challenges. I was running really hard and so forth. And so one day this owner of this, uh, Oak furniture company came in and he bought a 911 Porsche from me. And, uh, so I, I, what I, what I shared with him, I says, Hey, um, you know, if you ever need a really great salesman, you know, I'm your guy. And I was, this was back in the early eighties and we were doing, you know, 10,000, I was making $10,000 a month selling cars. It was ridiculous. And here, and, but at the end of the month, um, I had nothing left. I was probably in debt. I, I was, I was a lot of fun to be around and everybody knew it. And so I had a lot of friends, if you know what I mean. So so shortly after that, I get a phone call after about a month or so from this uh, gentleman uh, that owned the uh, chain of uh, Oak Furniture Stores. And he calls me up and he says, uh, come on over. I want to talk with you. So I go to his office, you know, and sit down with him and so forth. And he says, um, so how would you like to deliver furniture? And I'm like, What? And he goes, I'll let you sell on Saturdays for 1% of what you sell. And I'm going to pay you $6.25 an hour to start in the warehouse. And I was, I was so eager to get out of the car business. I thought that was going to fix me that I decided to say, absolutely, I'll do it. So that was my first job in the home furnishing business was, uh, you know, actually delivering furniture. But hindsight turned out to be probably one of the best things that ever happened to me because I learned the back end. I learned what the delivery team does. I learned all about that stuff and customer service and so forth. So that was, a, that was, that was, that was excellent. So I, I did that for a, a while. And then I started selling on Saturdays. What was the, Go the real what was the real catalyst for you jumping out of the $10,000 a month Porsche sales business and t making six bucks an hour in the warehouse? But what really happened there? Well, uh, I, I was a wreck at that time. I was, uh, uh, I, I, I had gotten involved into uh, heavy drinking. Uh, I was doing, a, it, it was the eighties. Now you guys think about the eighties and, uh, I was heavy into uh, the cocaine and uh, uh, drinking and, you know, I was just, I was out of control. I wanted a change. I wanted something to fix me. And it just happened to be that the owner of that business uh, and a lot of people that were working there were recovered addict alcoholics. So the owner of that business was recovered and he kind of, you know, he hired a lot of people like me. And, uh, you know, hindsight, I ended up getting clean and sober through that whole process. So it, I don't know what I, I think it was, you know, honestly, I think it was God's intervention that took me to that place. And what made me say yes from making a lot of money to making hard, you know, minimum wage 
I think I was getting paid a little bit more than minimum wage. I think it was a little bit less than that, but it was, you know, $6 and 25 cents an hour. It wasn't very much money, but that wasn't the point. I, I just needed a change. I wanted a change. And that was kind of the beginning to the beginning. That's incredible. So where did it go next? Yeah. So, what was next, Ron? So, well, work, working with working with uh, the Oak Furniture Company, uh, he was on the grow. He was probably the the largest in the Fresno area, Central Valley, doing really well. I started working with him, doing really well. Um, started selling on Saturdays. After Saturdays, um, you know, then I started selling during the week sometimes, and before I knew it. I was a sales associate uh, selling oak furniture. And that went on for a year or two. And then after that, we, um, let's see, I became a store manager. I helped him open a store uh, where I became the manager of that store. So I got to see a lot of the workings of how the business was running. And I kind of started thinking about it myself. And I thought, wow, I, th I think I could do this. I think I can have my own store. And I think he kind of knew that. So that kind of leads us up to the day before Thanksgiving. I had kind of worked my way all the way up in the company, did a great job, worked hard. I mean, I worked really hard. I stayed late, did whatever it took. And, and basically, at, at that point, I needed to I, I wanted to, I wanted to pivot. I wanted to, to go out and do my own thing. And he knew it. And so I don't know if he even thought about the timing, honestly, but it was the day before Thanksgiving. He says, basically, it's time for you to go. And I was like, devastated. You know, I thought, okay, now what? You know, and so I immediately got on the phone and I interviewed with our number one competition in town. And the guy literally offered me a position like a day later. And uh, after that, I we basically went home. I went home that night to my wife, Deanne, and I said, here, I got offered this position, but I don't know if it's really what I want to do. And while I was in between jobs, I started working with a, a furniture liquidation company just to kind of fill in some time. And they said, hey, we're going to start liquidating this uh, company called R&B Furniture. I don't know if you guys remember that, but R&B Furniture was huge in, in Southern California. And uh, so what did I do? Uh, I told my wife, I go, let's move to Southern California and I want to make enough money so that I can come back and open our first store. So Christian was about a year and a half old at that time. We packed a U-Haul trailer, moved to Orange County, California, and I worked with a company called, um, I can't remember the name of it, but it was a liquidation company. And they said it was going to be a three-month um, uh, you know, liquidation. Well, it ended up going six months. So we stayed there. We rented an apartment over the phone, did all that stuff. And we actually stayed there six months. We had a little chart on our wall, we still have it today, that had the amount of money that we needed to open up our first store, or what, what I thought we needed. And it, our goal was $25,000. And after six months of living in an apartment, working six to seven days a week, I made $25,000. And we opened up, we came back in 1992, October and opened up our first store. But it was an unfinished furniture store. Do you guys know much about unfinished furniture? No, but you did really well in it. You had 100% of the market, right? In that business? Yeah, that's... <laughs> That, that's exactly right. We did. We had 100% of the market, but it wasn't until later I figured out, and I'll be very optimistic, I think it was maybe 5%, but in reality, it was probably 1% of the home furnishings market was unfinished furniture. So I, after years of 
you know, okay, we didn't know anything about unfinished furniture. I'll tell you that. So we went and we learned, my wife and myself, we traveled, we went to these shows. We didn't know how to finish furniture. We didn't know any of that stuff. So we, but we actually ended up learning it. And today I know how to finish furniture and I know how to refinish furniture and all that stuff. It's not very fun, but we did that for multiple years. You know, we did unfinished furniture and people got to know us in our, the little town of Visalia, California. And so that, that, that was great. But I, I saw that we weren't growing or doing very much volume. So what we ended up doing after a few years of strictly Christian's unfinished furniture, we transitioned, and I like to say we pivoted into Christian's solid wood furniture, where we carried solid wood. That was back in the day where you could get solid wood furniture still, and you can get it finished and unfinished. So we kind of started doing solid wood furniture as well. And and then it was just a few years after that, um, we got approached by um, a gentleman, a great rep. Um, he used to uh, sell bent wood furniture out of Grants Pass, Oregon. And we used to sell their furniture, a little bit of it. And then it was shortly after that, that they, Bentwood Furniture had uh, did a deal with Costco to do their first furniture roadshow in Costco. And Bentwood Furniture was the first company to do it. So what happened is this gentleman comes to me and he says, hey, Ron, he goes, would you be interested in doing Bentwood Furniture in Costco right here in Visalia? Uh, you can do this, this um, Costco. And I, I didn't hesitate one minute. I said, absolutely, I'd love to do it. So we started with Visalia. And then he says, how, how would you like to do Bakersfield? And I said, sure. And then I said, well, how about Fresno Clovis? And the gentleman that I was going to go work for in Fresno after I got let go, he was supposed to do Fresno and Clovis, but he never did. So they said, well, you can do Fresno Clovis. Next thing I know, I was doing Modesto. Um, and it just kept on growing the, what we called, you know, the Costco Roadshow. And so that was a business in but Ron, itself. But Ron, isn't that the start and of your mattress? Isn't that, isn't that how you actually started in the mattress business, Ron, like doing the road shows with Costco? Isn't that where the, the, the mattress sleep shop was born for you? Yeah. Um, well, what happened, Mark, was that um, it was that in 2006, remember in 2006 or so, all the furniture was starting to come from China. All the factories were going over there. So we had to make a decision at that time. We had to make a decision whether to uh, go full bore into the furniture business or to transition into mattresses. And we made the decision at that time. We took kind of another pivot and we went to all mattresses and we opened up our first sleep shop. And what was really interesting, so I had this relationship with um, Costco still. We were still doing a little bit of furniture with them, but now I had transitioned into all mattresses. The interesting thing was um, being the new guy on the block, nobody wanted to sell me. Uh, you know, I, I couldn't get uh, Sealy. I couldn't get Spring Air. I couldn't get Temper. Um, there was none of those uh, big companies that wanted to sell us. So we were... You know, we were just using a local man, uh, manufacturer for that. But then I got this great idea. And I really believe that this was, I, I already had the relationship with Costco. And then I got this great idea. I thought, how about doing, wouldn't it be great to do Tempur-Pedic in Costco? And so I called up the rep and we sat down, Mark, and we had a conversation and he looked at me Well, and he said, they would, Tempur-Pedic, you know, that was back in the day, Tempur-Pedic would never 
do that? And I says, well, what does it hurt to, to get a meeting? So long story short, we ended up getting a meeting in Las Vegas with a, a gentleman by the name of Todd Miller and Rick Anderson, president of Tempur-Pedic. And the two buyers that I was working with, uh, Kara and Chris, we all had this big meeting in Las Vegas. And you got to understand, I'm just this one little guy, you know, just one little store. And we had this big meeting about Tempur-Pedic and the girls are all excited about this. And I could see Rick Anderson in the corner, you know, and he was just kind of sitting there and he was processing everything. And the other gentleman was, yeah, let's do it. You know, let's try it. And we were going to offer this, what we called the Costco bundle and give some free gifts away and so forth. And long story short, that turned out, that was in 2008. And everybody knows what was happening in 2008. The economy was coming to a halt. <clears throat> and if you think about it, um, there was a lot of guys in our industry that were closing their doors and so forth. And we had the three largest years in our company history in that period of time doing Tempur-Pedic at the roadshows in Costco. And at that time, I had heard that it was the largest roadshow that, that they had ever done uh, volume-wise. That was at that time. That was that was years back. But um, so th that was kind of our start into the mattress business. Pump the brakes for a moment. What was your involvement with that roadshow? It sounds like you brought together Costco and you brought together Tempur-Pedic and here you are sandwiched in the middle of it and the roadshow happens. Were you on the roadshow doing the dog and pony? helping people understand the product? Did you have a team with you? What was your involvement? Yes. Yeah, exactly. It was our team. Um, we had some great people that worked a lot of hours and they would sit there and they would, they knew the product. And the, the cool thing about it was it was only four beds and we had this great display and you had this captured audience of Costco buyers who is perfect for this. And so we, yeah, we were doing the selling, we were doing the delivering, um, we were doing everything. And it was, it was, it was awesome. It was, it was the best thing that could have happened to us. When did you meet Dale Carlson, the founder of Sleep Train? Okay. That came a couple years later. Um, we were... Well, let me take that back a little bit because we were doing these roadshows, these Tempur-Pedic roadshows in Costco. And I remember we had, uh, we owned our store in Visalia. And I don't know why, but we were, and, and I was thinking on a bigger scale, I was thinking that I could do these Tempur-Pedic roadshows throughout the country. I was doing them throughout the state of California and it was just going. And so I was thinking bigger things that, that could happen. And I thought, well, I have one store or else I could do these road shows with four mattresses and just travel around and do all these shows. And so I remember I was in um, Southern California and I want to say I was like in Danville, California, and we were doing some huge numbers there. And I used to see all these sleep trains there. And so on a whim, I reached out to Sleep Train to say, hey, if you guys are ever coming to the Central Valley, I got this wonderful store and I'm thinking about, you know, I could lease it to them or whatever, you know. And um, so that kind of went away and then the road shows went away. And um, a couple of years later, we started um, opening up uh, mattress stores. We started you know, I started with Visalia and then we opened up in Fresno and then we had one in Fowler and we we're about ready to sign another deal in Clovis, California for our fourth location when my phone rings and it's Dale Carlson. He calls me up and he says, hey, this is Dale Carlson, sleep train. We're coming to the area and are you still interested in selling? Well, when I made that phone call, I was interested in leasing. And I was like, 
I was kind of caught off guard actually at the time. And so what happened was I, you know, my, my standard um, reaction to something like that is absolutely. I'm always open to opportunity. My wife hates those words, by the way, because uh, it has transitioned us into a lot of different areas, but yeah, Dale, Dale reached out and that was, I mean, it happened really quick. I don't know if you guys, I mean, you know who Dale is, but I mean, they, they knew what they were doing. They came in and, uh, we talked and, um, I mean, it seemed like it was, uh, less than 45, 60 days or so we were purchased by uh, sleep train. So that happened, um, pretty quickly. That was in 2000. That actually was in 2011 when uh, Dale came in and, and, you know, I got to meet them and so forth. And it, it was probably one of the best deals that we ever did. And I'm not talking about the money. I'm talking about being able to be on the, the back end, watching sleep train operate and what it showed us, and uh, Christian actually ended up going and working for them for a little bit. But what it really showed us was that we were doing all a lot of the same things that Sleep Train was doing, which to me, and I'm probably biased here, but it's probably one of the best companies that was ever on the West Coast, you know, with their 300 plus stores. I mean, it was beautiful. And so at the ripe age of 50 years old, I remember Dale telling me, he goes, why don't you just retire and go play golf, you know, and all this stuff. And it was very, I was retired for maybe, I don't know, Jordan's shaking his head. I think, uh, how long was I retired, Jordan? A solid two, three months, maybe. Uh, (laughs) I would get home from high school. I was in high school at the time and uh, he'd put me to work. That's for sure. (laughs) <laughs> so i had a lot Dad, I had please a lot. get out of retirement i'm working too much as a high schooler <laughs> yeah exactly. yeah exactly Dad, you're retired so i think i should be retired too it's only fair <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly so it, it 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 happened very quickly but it was shortly after that it was short-lived i you know i had too many ideas too many too much energy and so forth and one one of the things that dale was very uh cordial and and uh, we had discussed was that I would come to uh, the Central Coast and uh, San Luis Obispo County and Santa Barbara County was part of our agreement that I could still open up stores in that marketplace. And that's where we're at today. And so I I came over here and started opening up stores. And um, I mean, that was probably, yeah, it, it, it was very good for us. Um, so that was nine years ago when we came over here to the Central Coast. So Christian, when you went to work for Sleep Train, like what did you get from that experience? Because you went into a sleep shop, um, your dad was in the business. Um, can you can you share a little bit and then maybe talk about how that's transitioned? Because you guys have worked with her nanny, Alves, uh, so her nanny, um, with the um, really, really great book. And we've had her nanny on the show also, Balanced Accountability. Um, so right. talk about um, going to work for him um, at Sleep Train and then kind of, you know, the fact that your paths crossed again here recently. Yeah. So um, when when I first went to work with Sleep Train, so part of the deal when we got purchased by Sleep Train was that there would be positions for us available if we wanted them. So I wanted to go and see, okay, well, hey, let's go see what this company is about. So I went through the training with all of our staff, just like everyone else did, Um which was like kind of interesting because we were doing a little bit of a training program already. Um, and I remember the first day after training, I told my dad, I was like, Hey, this is like very similar to what we're doing. It's just more advanced. Like the vernacular is a little different and things of that nature are a little bit different. So I think one of the biggest benefits that I pulled from that was actually going through sleep trains training program, which is very intensive and very thorough. Um, and probably, well, I can say this, it's one of the best trainings I've been through because it's the only training I've been through, uh, when it comes to sleep shops, but, um, we were able to take a lot of that and implement it. 
not copy it identically because, you know, with what we did, we have a, a different vernacular and we like to try and keep things a little bit um, quick and easier to understand a little bit of a bigger picture. And I think they had a more like narrowed in uh, vision of it, um, which I don't think there was anything wrong with that. I just think it's two different ways of doing it. Um, so when I asked, when we ended up moving over to the central coast, I respectfully asked Dale, I said, Hey, you know, I know I've committed to you guys. I've went through the training. You guys have put time and effort into me. However, my dad's going over to the central coast. He needs somebody to help him with the day to day. I would love to go and help him. And thankfully he was like, not a problem. I totally understand. Like you're, you're more than welcome to go. And so we ended up parting ways and, and I was able to kind of develop that into our training program a little bit too. Um, so, you know, we did put more emphasis on the training, which is currently what I do today. And then when we heard that Hernani was out doing his balanced accountability thing, we saw him do a webinar um, with that. And uh, Ron, myself, Jordan, we're all sitting there looking at this. And Jordan had been mentioning it. Him and his wife had actually been mentioning, like getting a purpose, a vision and a values um, for, you know, quite some time. And we heard Hernani say it and we're like, hey, you know what? This is going to be perfect. This is going to help get us to that point. And so we, we put our whole team through the balanced accountability course. That was fantastic. We can talk more about that if you want, but overall the training is what was hands down the best thing to see um, from my point of view. All right. Give us a little flavor on that. I know you can't go training is ongoing. You get into a lot of rich texture. I'm sure whenever you get into a training program, what are the principles that stood out? You got one or two or three principles that stand out that you learned in the training sessions with sleep train. Um, yeah, there were, there were a few different things that like really stood out. Like number one, their process is really, really good. Um, so that was really important for us was to make sure that our process followed a similar process. And what I mean by that is like consistency, like du being duplicatable. So granted, like every sales associate has their own personality, like, you know, Mark's, you guys each have your own personality, right? And so, you know, there's one thing that makes Kinsley Kinsley and one thing that makes Quinn Quinn, but you guys are all pushing towards the same goal. And so that was really the biggest thing that we wanted to do was get everybody pointing in the same direction. So that way, if the client walks into one showroom, they get that same exact experience in another showroom, although they might be working with a different personality. But the process is exactly the same. And I think that's one thing that we really, really focused in on. Um, now, that's like with the external client. So the awesome part about with the balanced accountability course that we got to do with Hernani is he helped the internal client, which is all of our staff that <coughs> works with us. He helped us get all pointing north as well, because it's one thing to show the external client that, hey, yeah, we all like the process is the same. Everything that we do is exactly the same. But if the internal client isn't doing that, and if we're not all pushing towards the same, it's really hard to get that external client to see that as well. So I would say that that, honestly, I would say that's probably the biggest thing for me. I've heard to a lot of people talk about that. Dr. V has been on the show with Miskelly's and mentioned this idea that when it comes to training, sometimes your salespeople get so good at their jobs that they can predict what the customer is going to choose, what they're going to do. But that is not the best practice to, to <clears throat> leapfrog the process just because you mm -hmm. are a good guesser. You want mm -hmm. to take people through that experience every single time. So that is definitely a principle we hear from other people as well. And so you, you feel like you've gotten there in, in terms of working with her, her nanny and working with the team and taking some of the inspiration from Sleep Train. You, you feel like the uh, all the troops are moving in the same direction toward the same hilltop. Yeah. Yeah. I would, I would say that we're all moving in the same direction. Definitely. Um, which is really awesome, uh, to like see unity in our team is, is huge. And, and, and keep in mind, it takes years to find the right people, right? Like you have people who come in and yeah, they do good for a little bit, but maybe they lose focus and then they kind of like fall away and, but the team that we have right now, we have a really, really solid team. Everybody who's a part of our team has been huge in the success of the company. 
Um, you know, whether it be our delivery team who's on the back end, who's out there delivering or the, the sales team who's doing the front end experience, you know, we want that experience to be entirely like a, a full experience for the client, um, from start to finish. Um, so yeah, I think everyone is moving in the right direction. Absolutely. Jordan, when we had dinner, we kind of went around the table and I'd ask you guys what you took away from her nanny's time. And, and uh, Christian just said you guys were looking for some purpose. Did you find it with that? Um, were you held accountable differently uh, than you had been prior to being involved in what her nanny did? Can you kind of share a little bit of what you took away from that? Yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah, when we uh, had that dinner, it was fun to talk about it because it really helped us uh, reflect a little bit on it. But um I think uh, what we took away from some of this was how our staff was invested in Christian's mattress and like us as a family. Um, it wasn't even just about uh, making money. It was about, hey, how's the family going? Like, how's everything at home going? And really seeing that uh, Ron, Christian, me as a family, we're just like invested in the staff, but they're invested in us as well. So it was huge. Um, to see that and uh, be an outreach and, and see how much like our little things we do in the company uh, make a big impact on their lives. So, Speaking of little things that happen in the company and make a big impact, like everybody else, your team, your company went through COVID. And mm -hmm. in the middle of that, from what I understand, you pivoted into an e-commerce style of business uh, new protocol, curbside drop off, but I, I want to focus in on one thing, you know, cause we were talking about little things that make a big difference. What was, what was this story about this line of code, like one <laughs> line of code that opened up all your e-commerce <clears throat> capabilities? What's that story? Well, uh, yeah, I went to Cal Poly for graphic design and marketing and, uh, I had convinced some of my professors to allow me to rebuild a Christian's mattress website. Um, as my project. So I'd get paid on the back end by Ron, my dad. Uh, they didn't know that at the time. But uh, and then, uh, you know, then I worked uh, on this project as my senior project. And uh, the funny thing about it is I had built the whole thing out to be e-commerce because I was like, man, that's the way of the future. That's that's the way things need to be. And and we all knew it. Ron, Ron and Christian, they, they knew it, but we hadn't quite implemented any of it. So I kind of had one line of code that hid every single purchase button and it was just call for pricing uh stuff all over the site and so when covid hit yeah it i was like hey it's time to delete that line of code and so i deleted it we launched everything we hooked up the bank accounts and uh we just worked through it and made it happen i mean we had to learn on the go that's for sure what kind of an impact has that had on on the company and on the business going e-commerce? Well, e-commerce, I think it has, a. at the time we had a, had furloughed quite a bit of our staff. So it was basically me, my dad, and my brother at the warehouse pretty much from, shoot, probably eight in the morning all the way till five, six o'clock at night. But we'd even take it home and we'd be communicating with staff or uh, not staff, uh, with the customer. And we'd be texting them through a chat button on our site and just, I think it really helped us adapt our communication with our clients, um, being able to uh, communicate with them pretty much 24-7 almost, uh, make sure we're taking I've care of them. I've heard lots of people talk about that communication aspect and the evolution of that and what's, what's going to stick. Let's go someplace else. Speaking of communication, it's family business. So pretend like your dad's not here and I want to take volunteers. Who's going to go first? <laughs> I want you to talk about what it's like to work with your dad. Why aren't your hands going up? I thought. <laughs> you know, I'm glad you went talking. here, Kinsley. I, I was thinking the same exact question. So yeah, boys, let's go. Take turns. All right, Jordan, you were talking last, so you go first. <laughs> um, yeah, no, uh, working with dad and brother, it can be uh, fun. It could be uh, irritating. Now, uh, so like, I think the, the hardest part of it for sure is uh, – being able to leave work at work, you're not able to do that. I mean, we go to family dinners and we're, we're talking work, but the cool thing about the mattress industry and everything, it's, it's so interesting. It's so fun. And I think we're all passionate about it for different reasons. Christian loves doing the training stuff. I love doing the creating thing. 
Ron loves the advancing of the company and, and we all just love our staff so much. So it's just, it's fun. It's really, it really is. In your, okay. In your private quiet moments, Jordan, between you and Christian, what are some of your favorite stories about your dad? Like funny times, stories that you look back on and you're like, I, 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 I got a good story for sure. Um, so growing up, we have always been a part of the business, right? Christian, like it's always Christian, like, Christian. Yeah. If you make him cry, I will give you a hundred dollars. I don't think I'm, I don't think I'll be able to do that. This, this All right. so he's made a, never mind. Okay. He, I, I think All I've right. seen him cry once maybe. <laughs> okay. Never so, mind. Keep going. Uh, when, so we've always been a part of the family business. So my dad has always believed that he needs to instill in us a hard work, work ethic, right? Working hard is good. And, um, at the time when we were younger, I didn't quite understand it. Like number one, I, I knew we had a business, but in our minds we weren't successful because like our parents never, it it was kind of, they kind of kept that stuff like hush, hush. And if, if we were successful, like even to this day, like, I still don't know, like at that time, were we successful or were we not? Like, I really don't know. Um, but they always taught us how to work hard. And I remember one 4th of July in particular, all of our friends are at their houses. Their dads had went out and bought them fireworks and all this stuff. And we're in Visalia and there was a firework booth stand right out in front. So we're like, dad, can we go get fireworks? And he says, you know what? After work, yes, we can go get fireworks. However, you have to work for those fireworks. And we're, I'm like, okay, you know? And so he had us dusting furniture. We were cleaning glass in the armoires. We were anything and everything. We were vacuuming. I was trying to sell customers. I think I was probably eight, didn't know what I was talking about, but I was talking with people trying to sell because we wanted fireworks. And so what he instilled in us at that point was, hey, like you have to work for the things that you want. Like there's not, nothing's just given to you. Like you must work for it. And he wasn't going to teach us that. Now, the reality is, is he probably could have easily just taken us out there and said, yeah, absolutely. Let me go buy you fireworks. Or he could have left us at home with mom and mom could have went and bought us fireworks and we could have been hanging out with our friends at a barbecue or something. But instead he took us to work with him, taught us why working is important and what you get for hard work, which is, you know. Fireworks. Kids, when you ask your parents, never use the term fireworks. Use firecrackers because Ron puts the work in fireworks. <laughs> yes. That is some yes, really sage advice, well, well Kinsley. Well played. Yeah. You, you, you know, yeah. it's funny that story because, you know, I have my son mowing the lawn and things like that. And um, he complained to me once about the fact that, you know, his friends don't have to pull weeds. They don't have to mow the lawn. Mm-hmm. And we can, we can certainly pay people to do that work. But, and I said, you know, what's sad to me is that, um, you know, someone doesn't understand the value of that with your kids because it is Ron, I'm so with you on how important it is for them to understand work ethic and what that means. But anyway, so I love that one more thing. I want to just make a comment and then I'm going to ask you one final question as we wrap up here, Ron, I just want to point out, I've had multiple conversations with these guys. And if you're listening to this show, Um, We talked about it earlier, their focus and heart for the people inside their organization is pretty Mm. incredible. And these guys, uh, I remember having a conversation with Ron once um, when we were writing our book and I wanted to get this example in the book, but it hadn't quite materialized at the time. But, you know, one example of it is you have a, a guy that worked for your business and um, he's a veteran and he actually was part of an organization, Ron, that changed his life, saved his life literally because he went there and it really made a huge impact on him. And so you wanted to do something to honor that group that helped your person, to help your guy, like literally live a better quality life, live his life actually. And so you were going to run a promotion. And so I'm like, yeah, run the promotion, but what if, what if you like told his story and you put the focus on him and you guys do a video and you guys did a brilliant job of that. And so I just want to tell everyone your heart for your people and what it means to them 
and what I can tell that it means to you. I just, Kinsley and I love that stuff and we want to take our hat off to you. And how's that guy doing, Ron, now, by the way? Yeah, he's doing he's doing wonderful. Uh, matter of fact, he, we just promoted him to a store manager of one of our stores. And um, yeah, I mean, great story. Um, he was on the verge of committing suicide. And uh, his wife hooked us up or hooked him up with a program back in Vermont. It's called the Warrior Connection. And um, he has real bad PTSD. Um, so he went back there. And I want to say it was like 10 days or two weeks. And I remember him coming back, uh, Mark, and he was changed. And, you know, we don't realize how bad he was struggling because he hit it very well. But when he came back, I mean, he had tears in his eyes and he shared with us that we saved his life or helped saved his life because we helped sent him. But um, that his life was changed because he was on the verge of committing suicide. And we didn't know it. We didn't have a clue. But, you know, that's it, And that stuff matters so much. And I can't imagine, but it's not just what it, the impact it had on him, Ron. I think it's the impact you guys make on other employees that see you guys doing that stuff. Jordan, real quick, um, because you showed it to me at dinner when we had it. Is there a way for people to go watch that video? If they wanted to find that video and see what you guys did with him, where would they go? Yeah, you just uh, go to our website, christiansmattress.com slash veterans. Um, it's also in our uh, footer of our website. So it's called Veterans down at the bottom. And uh, yeah, yeah you, can, you can go watch his story and his video and uh, him really just pour his heart out, heart out for sure. It's it, it's so compelling. You guys did a great job with that. And guys, anyone listening to this, I know that a lot of times you don't want to talk about your own business. Mark and I talk about it in the book, Come Back to Bed. Sometimes it's awkward and that's difficult. But in this case, they did a fantastic job of executing that. They made it about the charity. They made it about their employee. And they're part of the story just because of the context of it all. But anyway, loved that guy. is really, really well done. Ron, last question for you. And this Mr. Kinsley, if you would dance us out of here. If you were talking to people today, Ron, about running their business, there's a lot of people in this audience who have retail or, you know, in the manufacturing side, we're all dealing with our own junk right now. What advice would you give people uh, inside of this category right now in terms of like the, the thing they really should be focused on? Do you have any parting thoughts there? I don't know. You know, uh, Mark, I think, and I've, I've always told our staff this, and I, I, I really do believe that your business is only as good as the people that you have working with you, not for you. And one of the biggest takeaways, you know, you were talking about balanced accountability and Hernani talks a lot about it is about the love that's within the company, the organization. And we were shocked how invested our people were into us as a company. And I, we, I mean, there was just so much love there. So, you know, my thought is, is get those good people around you. Uh, Dale Carlson talks a lot about it. He said his dad told him the same thing, you know, surround yourself with good people, help them become successful and you'll become successful. And there's no doubt in my mind that, you know, during these times, the strong will survive, but it's your people and uh, treat your people well. Um, do your part, which that's what we do. You know, we we market, we um inventory, we deliver, we do customer service and all that stuff, which a lot of people do that. But you've got to be on top of your game right now. There's no doubt. There's a lot of different options for people to do, uh, to choose, I should say. So, um, and you just want to be the the top option. That, that's what my thought would be. Great advice, Ron. Well, you guys are a wonderful family, and clearly, you've had an amazing journey. And I know that this continues. And you know, when you put your heads together and you have good people and you exercise your creativity. And like you said, Ron, when you do your part to operate the business, um, you know, I just have noticed lately that it's a big world, but my world feels a lot smaller than it used to. And I think that's, that's a product of, of how things have changed and how you want to have your vibe attract your tribe. And you want to be, you know, you want, to, you want to limit your exposure literally, you know, over the past you know, year and a half, you want to limit your exposure. So what do you do? Well, you, you want to make sure that you're spending time with the people that are of highest importance. And I think businesses have become closer. Families have become closer. 
neighborhoods have become closer. And I love hearing the story of a, a family that's doing it right. You guys are great. And uh, if anybody wants to get connected, and I know we gave out the website uh, that Jordan, he took money out of your wallet while he graduated college on this thing, Christian, <laughs> christiansmattress.com. It looks great, by the way, Jordan. Thanks. Well done, my friend. Gotta Guys, watch, thanks gotta so much him. for being. Thank you. Thank you for being on the show. Um, if you're listening now, we would encourage you to subscribe and leave us a review. If you're listening on your Apple podcast app, you just uh, go down there and click however many stars you want to. Give Quinn a couple, throw me three. What does that add, add up to? I don't know, five-ish? It's five. <laughs> <laughs> it's five. And uh, as always, make sure you're subscribed at fam.news because all the exclusive consumer research that we are doing will be launched exclusively first to our email subscribers at fam.news. So sign up today and uh, stay connected. And uh, Mr. Quinn, that is, a, that is a beautiful shirt, I must say. It looks like it's covered in stars. Where, <laughs> where can we buy that? That's how we should end this. Ralph Lauren, is. Uh, they got them on the shelves, and I'm pretty sure they're like five bucks. Like no one bought it, so they reduced the prices, and my wife buys me all that <laughs> stuff. So Don't try to church it up. Okay, it's Ralph Lauren. <laughs> I love it. Well, guys, Gonzalez family, we love you guys. Thanks for putting the heart into the business the way you do. I love it. I look forward to many more dinners with you guys if you're open for it. Are you open for it? Absolutely. Absolutely. All right, we'll get Kinsley on one of them and keep doing what you do and God bless. See you guys.